Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Dear Lord, we pray that you speak to us in your own way. In Jesus' name, amen. And good morning to you all. Uh, We thank God for another beautiful morning. Um, Sorry for the little distractions this morning, but thank God we are here. This month has been our evangelism month, and for the month of October, we've been talking about soul winning. Today, I want to look at a reason why we must win souls. There are so many reasons in the Bible why we must win souls, why we must evangelize, why we must speak the gospel to the lost. But today, I want us to focus on just one of the many reasons why we have to win souls. So I read from Mark chapter 8. You can open our Bibles to Mark chapter 8. And I read from verse 31 to 38, a long read. Mark chapter 8 from verse 31. Now, this is a story about after Jesus had fed 4,000 people with seven loaves of bread, and then performed a few miracles. He had crossed the river with the friends and with the disciples. And from verse 31, the Bible says, Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man would have to suffer a great deal and be rejected by the elders, the high priests, and the scribes. Then he would be killed. But after three days, he would rise again. He was speaking about this matter quite openly. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter, saying, Get get behind me, Satan, because he is not thinking God's thoughts, but human thoughts. Then Jesus called the crowd to himself, along with his disciples, and told them, If anyone wants to follow me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me continuously. Because whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospel will save it. What profit will a person have if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Indeed, what can a person give in exchange for his life or soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes with his holy angels in his Father's glory. Amen. 
a very long read. But this sets a context of the value of the soul. So Jesus had been preaching, performing miracles, and then suddenly, before he fed the 5,000, the Bible says that he was moved with compassion for the people. After feeding them and performing all these miracles, suddenly Jesus started talking boldly. For many times, he'd been telling his disciples that he would die. But suddenly, he was telling them very plain because he had been saying it in Proverbs and in some way, but suddenly he was so bold about it, telling all the crowd that when we get to Jerusalem, I'll be killed. And in three days, I will rise again. Now, this was strange for his disciples. They were uncomfortable because this man is with them and providing their economic needs. And so suddenly, he has given them some sense of belonging, fishermen. And suddenly, they belonged and they are disciples of the miracle worker. And so they feel this is an achievement. We belong to the high class. We belong to the man everybody is looking up to. But suddenly Jesus tells them, I'm going to die. So Peter calls him aside. I'm very sure Peter is far older than Jesus. He calls him aside and said, stop misbehaving. Some of these things, you don't see them. He rebuked him. The Bible says that he told him, God forbid. This is not God's will. Then Jesus turned and looked at the other disciples. Because, you know, it is easy for Jesus to accept what Peter is saying. Like the Nigerians will say, something negative, and they will say, Tofiakwa. It will never happen. And it is easy for you to be excited that no, no evil will happen to me. But Jesus turned, looked at his disciples, and turned back to Peter and said, No, this is Satan working through Peter. And rebuked Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. Because what you are talking about is not the will of God. It is not what God desires most. The number one desire of God is the salvation of souls. And so if I have come to the world to die to save souls, it is greater than performing miracles and solving the economic needs of people. It is greater than healing. It is greater than all the miracles I have performed. The greatest miracle that God is most interested about is the salvation of souls. So he told them, if any man wants to follow me, you must be ready to go this way. Take up your cross and follow me. If any man wants to follow me, he must be ready to go this way, the will of God, the saving of souls. He concluded by reminding them, if you are ashamed to speak the gospel, to talk about me and the gospel in this adulterous world, then I will be ashamed of you when I come back in my kingdom. But before he concluded, he made a very important statement here. What shall it profit a man if he will gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Why is God so much interested in the souls of men? Why will he make all the sacrifices for the souls of men? 
The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, how God created man. Bible says that, and out of the dust of the ground, the Lord God formed man. And God breathed into this dust, and man became a living soul. Man became, a, of all the things God created, God just spoke and they came to being. From the waters, he commanded the fishes to come. From the earth, he commanded the plants. He commanded the animals. But when it came to humans, God breathed his breath into the clay and it became a living soul. The soul of man is different from that of animals, from all other creation, because it is the image and the likeness of God. For all the things that God created, the only one that is a resemblance and a reflection of him is mankind, humans. No angel, no spirit being in the heavens, the seraphims, the cherubims, and all the hosts and the elders and all the hosts in heaven don't have the image and the likeness of God. It is only humans. The Bible talks about in Proverbs chapter 8 how Jesus as wisdom came to the earth because his only interest about life is humans. When God created the whole world, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 8 as wisdom, that when Jesus looked at all creation, the only part of creation that he had satisfaction was humans. Because that is the reflection. That is the image. That is the likeness of God. Bible says in Genesis 2-7, a man became a living soul. A living soul means that that soul lives on forever. It cannot die. So after we have transitioned this world, the soul lives on. And when sin entered this world, man, mankind, was separated from his source. It is like picking a fish out of the sea or the river. It will struggle for a while because it has been picked or taken out from its source. It loses its life. From the day sin entered into the world, man has been struggling to find his source again. We've taken on so many things because we have the image and likeness of God. We have the intellect. We have the emotions of God. We have all the feelings. Unlike animals, man is able to create things. Man is able to do things just like God. But in all our attempts and in all our achievements, Deep down, there is a longing. Sometimes when you talk to artists, people who do these great arts works and music and form and so on, after great performance, there is the sense of emptiness. Where is that emptiness coming from? Because they have displayed what God has given to them. But there's a disconnection from the source. When man is separated from God, because the soul lives forever, man struggles. The value of the soul is so precious because the soul cannot die. The soul lives forever. So God is ready to sacrifice everything in creation just to save one soul. 
Jesus talked about the story about the shepherd who has to leave the 99 sheep who were safe because the 99 were safe. The songwriter says that was reckless love because if you have to look at it economically, it doesn't make sense. Why will you sacrifice, leave 99 and go for one? That looks reckless. But that is the love of God. Because each soul is so precious. The Bible says in Psalm 49, let's read that, Psalm 49. Sorry. Psalm 49 from verse 6. Let me it talks about the, how precious the soul is. Sorry. So let me read it from here. It says, even of those from verse, whose faith is in their wealth and whose hearts are lifted up because of their stories. Can we go on? Truly, no man may get back his soul for a price or give to God the payment for himself. Because it takes a great price to keep his soul from death. And a man is not able to give it. Verse 9. So that he might have eternal life and never see the underworld. Amen. The Bible says that no man can pay a ransom for the soul of his brother or his neighbor. No matter how you love somebody, the value of the soul is so precious that there is no wealth, there is no, nothing that anyone can give and say to God, God, I'm giving this to you so that you forgive the sins of my brother. It is not possible because you yourself need to redeem yourself. And you can even not pay for your own sins. The Bible says that we were bought not with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. Because the soul is so precious, and there is nothing that can redeem a soul, because the source of the soul is from God. And God does not need anything. So you cannot give anything to say, God, have this and forgive the soul that has strayed. The Bible says the eyes of God are so pure that he cannot behold sin. And so because of sin, sin has separated us from God. He loves us so much. But God's throne, the Bible calls it the throne of justice and righteousness. And so because of justice, God cannot just get up and say, I have forgiven sins. Sins must be paid for. Every sin must be punished. And so God gave his only son. That is the only price that is beyond the value of this earth. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only, only, that is the only thing God cannot let go. He can let millions of angels go because he can create new ones. He can let this world disappear because he created the galaxies, millions of them. He can let go of anything, but his son is part of him. 
he cannot let go. But for the souls of men, Bible says, because of the love, because God is so desperate to save souls, Bible says that he let go of his only son to pay for our sins. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Because of the love of God, because of how God is desperate about the salvation of souls, if we have received this salvation, if we have received this grace, if we have received this forgiveness, then it behoves of us to go out there and share this good news to those who are lost. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation. Yes, we can say so many things. Sometimes the gospel does not even make sense. But it is the power of God. It is the only means by which God can save souls. So he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Jesus says that when one soul repents, there is great joy in the heavens. All the angels celebrate because one soul that will perish, that will be in pain forever. Because the Bible says that after this world, sometimes you see the pain of the soul is that you see somebody who feels like, hey, the world is mine. And I have to grab the world and does not be, respect anybody and will go attacking anybody. But sometimes when we see that, we get angry and we condemn. But the truth is that it is the darkness in the soul. That soul is desperate looking for light. That soul is desperate. If you have ever seen, I remember a story told about a little boy who was a shepherd. And there is this great guy who, a huge giant, who goes around stealing sheep and goats. And so he went into the fold of this little boy. By then, Sunday school, the boy had been taught how to preach the gospel. So he was practicing on his sheep. So whilst with the sheep alone, young boy just decided to preach the gospel to the sheep. So he started preaching. For God so loved the world and said all the things he had to say. And then just decided to imitate his pastor. Now, any of you who wants to give your life to Jesus... Can you raise up your hands? Then among the white sheep, suddenly some dark hand came up there. Boy, who is this? And wanted to run away. He was frightened. But then, where do I run to? I better face my fear. So he went on and said, yes, if you want to receive Christ, come forward. Then this notorious robber just stood up, much forward, to the presence of this little boy, breaking down in tears and accepted Christ. It doesn't matter who is preaching the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. We have been given this gospel, this power, this free gift. The salvation of God has been given to us. The Bible says that this good news had been not been given to angels to preach it, No. Because they don't have the experience 
of how to be a fallen man, how to be saved, angels can't understand it. So the gospel has not been given to angels to be preached. It has been given to you and me. To tell our brothers, to tell our sisters that God so loved you and he will pay any price just to get you back to him. Amen. The Bible says in Jude chapter 1, Jude has only one chapter. Jude chapter 1 from verse 21 to 23. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. On others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. If we preach the gospel, if we go about to share the love of God, if we get so desperate to pull those who are entering into the fire, if we are so desperate to save them, God's eyes will be on us because we are his ambassadors. And so as we go about preaching the gospel, he will also follow us to deliver us from evil. Sometimes we ask ourselves, we are not seeing the miracles that used to be. We've read about miracles. Why are they not happening? Miracles, 80% of the miracles in the Bible did not happen in church. They happened on the field where souls have to be saved. He says, go, and these signs shall follow you. He did not say, sit, and the miracles will happen. He says, go, and the signs shall follow you. When we go out there to speak the good news, Bible says the signs are for unbelievers. God will manifest and honor himself with signs and wonders. Let's pray. We thank you, Father, for this, your love for us. Your word says that you did not spare your only son, your only son, but gave him up for us. We thank you for the good news that it is not the wisdom of man, it is not how cunning or how eloquent we are and how good we are to explain it. It is just telling the world that Jesus loves you and you by your Holy Spirit will do that. Lord, we pray that you continue to put this desire in our hearts, that burning desire to see souls saved. Before we end, if anyone is here who have not given your life to Jesus, maybe you come to church, you've been very active, maybe, but you have not had that personal experience 
of knowing that your sins are forgiven and that there is no judgment against you and that God is happy and pleased with you. Maybe you have not experienced that peace of God and you want to experience it. You can pray this prayer and say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for my sins. I believe that you paid the price for my sins. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Let me know you. Let me experience the peace that comes with knowing you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.